Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at Stratfor, a RAIN company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, RAIN's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analyses. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to the Stratfor Essential Geopolitics Podcast from Rain. I'm Emily Donahue. A year of protests against President Lukashenko's rule has almost ended in Belarus. Why? The government has forcefully shut down almost all dissent. Sam Lichtenstein is here to talk about what happens next. Sam is Stratfor Director of Global Security Analysts at Rain. Sam, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Emily. Glad to be here. We last spoke about Belarus in February. What's happened since then, and where are we now? Well, quite a bit has changed since we last spoke in February, Emily. The first major point is that the opposition has been singularly unable to mobilize mass protests uh, that they had pledged to do starting in late March. Uh, We had expected that the opposition would be trying to get as many people out into the streets as they could to pick up from the momentum they had last fall, uh, but they've been unable to do so for a variety of reasons, most importantly because of a massive crackdown on dissent that the Lukashenko government has instituted. This has not been a change. Uh, The Lukashenko regime has been targeting activists and common protesters throughout all of the past uh, year. However, we've seen a significant change uh, in stepping up both the type of uh, disruptions that the Lukashenko regime is seeking in terms of going after protesters through violence, through imprisonment, through targeting their families, through targeting uh, their financial assets, and also the breadth of people that have been caught up in these uh, crackdowns. So at first, uh, it was the opposition leaders, uh, but now we've seen the Lukashenko regime start to go after journalists, common protesters, uh, anyone that could pose any sort of a threat to the regime. Uh, and because of that, you, have not been, you haven't seen the opposition be able to materialize in any serious form so far in 2021. Sam, you mentioned the crackdown uh, on journalists. What other steps has the government taken recently? Well, most immediately, just earlier this week, we saw the government take what's arguably its most escalatory action against journalism uh, in shutting down what is Belarus's largest uh, independent media opposition news site, toot.by. Not only did the government accuse uh, Toot.by of tax evasion uh, and also accuse some of its individual editors of the same, uh, but it's actually already locked up a number of its journalists uh, for other infractions and is temporarily holding various others. So they're not really sparing any uh, opportunity to literally put people behind bars and continue to have latent threats against other journalists. Uh, But besides these uh, instances, you've seen the Lukashenko regime recently pass a number of pieces of legislation that empower the security services and significantly curtail civil society. Among other things, uh, the government has recently basically uh, enabled law enforcement to use lethal force against protesters without any serious legal oversight, uh, so greatly emboldening future uh, crackdowns. Uh, At the same time, they've started 
started to restrict the free flow of information even more tightly than it already was, criminalizing a variety of acts that would be anywhere else seen as essential parts of democracy, uh, but in Belarus are seen as threats to the state. Uh, and then on top of that, we've seen the Belarusian president, uh, Alexander Lukashenko, uh, essentially preemptively pass power to a national security body uh, that his son, while not explicitly overseeing, exercises significant power within. And so the assumption is that Lukashenko is preparing to at least, if not formally pass power, set up a transition of power at some point later where this national security body, which his son effectively has free reign over, is really the one that would be empowered were something to happen to him. Well, none of that sounds like it would play well with the West, certainly the United States. How is the West reacting to all of this? So right now, what we continue to see from the West uh, is a lot of rhetorical support uh, and some financial sanctions. However, nothing that's meaningfully moving the dial, so to speak. Uh, The West is very cognizant that Belarus is a significant red line for President Vladimir Putin in Russia and that any sort of destabilization in Belarus would likely catalyze some sort of Russian security intervention. So the West is definitely treading very softly. Uh, You do see the European Union, the UK, and the United States, along with other Western partners, continuing to threaten sanctions. The EU in particular has said that it's planning to submit new ones in the coming weeks. However, these sanctions are not really getting at meaningful change in Belarus. Uh, And the West is unlikely to take significant further action unless the opposition can really show that it can mobilize people into the streets. Uh, which, again, so far it's really been unable to do in 2021. If the opposition can't show that it's significant and can really pose a challenge to the Lukashenko regime, the West is unlikely to take any sort of meaningful action. Uh, And so for that reason, we're in a bit of a stasis where there are continual calls from the exiled opposition leaders to sanction further entities and individuals in Belarus, even to go after individuals and entities in Russia that might have leverage over them. But at the same time, the West doesn't want to take those steps unless the opposition can show that it's a meaningful force. So it's a proverbial little chicken or egg situation where one has to come first, but it's not sure which that is. Sam, strangely enough, it sounds very similar to the treatment of dissent in Russia, does it not? Absolutely. And that's really the last key player to identify here, Emily. Lukashenko himself has a really tight uh, balance he needs to keep. On the one hand, uh, he needs to show his citizens that he's keeping Belarus an independent state uh, amid constant Russian desire to merge the two countries, with, of course, Russia being the lead. Uh, and at the same time, he's still very dependent on President Putin, not only for security support in the wake of something happening at home in Belarus, but also crucially for financial support. He needs loans, he needs economic investment from Russia, etc. And so for that reason, uh, what President Putin is doing at home in crushing dissent is certainly giving Lukashenko cover to do the same in his own country. Sam Lichtenstein is Stratford Director of Global Security Analysts at RAIN. The Essential Geopolitics podcast is powered by RAIN. If you like what you heard today, you'll probably like the Stratford Worldview newsletter, especially because it's free. Sign up today. Go to worldview.stratford.com. That's worldview.stratford.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.